Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Let's get to our guest for the half hour, Ayako Yoshioka, Senior Portfolio Consultant with Wealth Enhancement Group, joining on the line from Los Angeles. Ayako, thanks for being with us. We're talking a lot about uh, the weakness that we're seeing in some of these manufacturing PMIs. The numbers coming out of the Asia-Pacific overnight were very soft. Then we got to the numbers out of Europe today, and in each case, the readings came in below 50. That would imply that Europe is on the verge of recession. The U.S. number was a little soft. We do remain in expansion, but there's no doubt about it. Fed tightening is beginning to have an effect. Do you think that the Fed is going to be in a position to soften its stance on uh, raising interest rates? Thanks so much for having me, Doug. Uh, We do think that the Fed is going to soften its stance a little bit in terms of you know, the magnitude of rate increases going forward. However, you know, it's still a tightening stance. And we think that a lot of the impact of what they've done already really hasn't had a chance to trickle through into the economy. So we'll be waiting to see how that data actually uh, comes about um, as we go through the end of the year. Well, we did uh, hear from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, last week, uh, you know, things uh, a bit grim on inflation, but uh, the jobs market's still strong, so not really a recession. How long is it going to stay that way, though? You know, it's tough to say simply because we we are seeing, um, at least with uh, jobless claims that come in weekly, that they've been rising since uh, middle of April. And so we're continuing to watch that because that might be a harbinger of things to come. You know, we were talking about the volatility in the currency markets today as a result of China, again, warning of potential military action if Nancy Pelosi, the U.S. House Speaker, does in fact make a visit to Taiwan. It's looking increasingly as though that's going to happen. Are you concerned about the effect of U.S.-China relations on uh, asset prices right now? Sure. You know, as if uh, inflation and the Fed wasn't enough to deal with this year, we've certainly had our bouts of geopolitical tension, whether it be the you know Russian invasion of Ukraine um, or these heightened tensions between the U- U.S. and China. I think in the long term, as we like to focus clients on, um, we'll be able to hopefully navigate through all of this. It'll just be another short term uh, dislocation, but it is always concerning when they do happen. 
Uh, on a bright note, uh, earnings have uh, been relatively decent so far this season. To what degree are these supporting equity prices? Sure. You know, for to a certain extent, uh, they've been better than feared, perhaps is a better way to, to say. But we are seeing some strength in pockets of the consumer. Um, but we, you know, certain companies have called out weakness in small to medium sized businesses. And so I think it's just going to take continued monitoring to see where the pockets of weakness will continue to deteriorate and where there's still some stability in earnings. So we had news today that Apple is going to sell some uh, high-grade bonds to help fund some stock buybacks and maybe pay some dividends as well, even though they've got a mountain of cash on the balance sheet. 15 or 20 seconds on this topic. Is that a troubling behavior for you? You know, it's it's a high-quality problem to have for Apple. Um, you know, it's nice that they can support their stock price uh, by issuing additional bonds, but you know, we like to see companies that are investing back in their business. And I think Apple continues to do that. It's just that they're generating so much cash uh, in addition to investing back in their business that they're able to do things like that. And uh, we've been talking about the macro picture a little earlier, Yoko. Just wondering, though, in that environment, what positions are you looking to add to at this time? Sure. Uh, you know, we do like a lot of technology as well as some energy sector uh, names right now. Technology uh, companies have become much more reasonable in terms of their valuation. And if you take a longer term uh, view on energy companies, there's a lot to like simply because there's been an underinvestment uh, in the overall sector. And so prices could remain higher than, than most people think over the longer term. Ayako, I'm wondering, given the fact that we saw crude oil tumble today in New York, there's a lot of concern that with the weakness that we're seeing in some of these economic figures, like the PMI data, that at some point we're going to see serious uh, demand destruction. Doesn't that concern you at all? For sure. I think in the short term, we are seeing the expectation that demand will be a little bit lower as we go through the coming months, simply as the economy slows down. However, as we look towards you know the next couple of years, we do think that uh, a lot of these energy companies can make a little bit more money and have some uh, better free cash flow over the over the cycle. So we like them longer term. Yeah, we have seen historically high crude prices. U.S. shale drillers have uh, been having a good few weeks. So where do you see the oil price eventually settling? You know, we think that um, fair value is somewhere in in the you know sixty five to eighty five dollar range. So it's a little bit lower than where we are currently. Uh, however, you know, we think that that's over a, a long cycle, not just you know in the in the near term. When I hear technology and when I hear energy, that doesn't really sound like you're ready to become completely defensive right now. When I say the word recession, do you think it's likely? You know. It, Everybody's been trying to define what a true recession is, I think, uh, in, in this current environment uh, and whether or not the two negative prints on GDP really define that. Um, however, I think it's really a matter of the, the duration of the slowdown. How long are we going to have this economic slowdown um, before we start to refocus on a recovery? So I think at some point we can start to refocus on a recovery since uh, every recession is followed by one. Mm, yeah, already the discussion has turned to uh, will the Fed start easing again in 2023? Is that a scenario that you can imagine? 
We think the Fed is definitely looking to pause at some point, whether or not they'll cut rates uh, as we go into the back half of 2023, as the market presumes. I think we'll have to wait and see. We had the Parlet Bureau meeting last week in uh, China, and curiously, not a lot of information when it comes to potential stimulus. Does the Chinese market, in spite of all the risk there with the soft PMI data that we had for China over the weekend, combined with sagging property prices and contraction in um, the overall real estate segment of the Chinese economy. Are, are you tempted to avoid China or do you want to maybe, while the getting is good here and prices are low, do you want to begin to nibble? I think having a, an allocation to China's economy is definitely warranted uh, over the long term. It, it is a large portion of the global economy. And despite some of the near term issues that they may have with housing, they are seeing some recovery from uh, a post-COVID lockdown. And so we do think that it does make sense to nibble here uh, in China. Yeah, Post-COVID, though, it's starting to look more like long COVID at the moment. Uh, those lockdowns just <laughs> seem to roll on and on and on. And uh, until that policy is abandoned, how long is it going to be before we see a more reassuring macro picture starting to emerge in China? Sure, it may take longer than uh, most investors have the patience for. However, at some point, uh, you know, we do think that the the way that the virus may mutate may become a little less uh, problematic. And at that point, perhaps there's a policy change that may allow for less uh, severe lockdowns to, to be the policy of choice. We had the uh, trade data yesterday for South Korea. Am, uh, imports were up uh, in a big way, largely because uh, the price of crude oil is so elevated. But uh, when it came to the export figure for South Korea, not bad at all. And I'm wondering whether or not that market uh, overall is, is attractive to you. You know, I, I haven't specifically followed the South Korean economy, um, but we, you know, we do think that the overall Asian economy continues to sort of chug along here um, as the overall global economy uh, continues to benefit on one side from higher inflation just nominally, um, but, you know, also experience the slowdowns we're seeing uh, globally as well. Uh, just wondering, a uh, number of the people we speak to have uh, larger than normal cash allocations at the moment. Do you put yourself in that category? We do have slightly elevated uh, cash positions uh, in some of our portfolios, but a lot of it is tied to sort of unique client situations. Um, we don't necessarily believe in having a, a large cash allocation just from a strategic standpoint. So many of our portfolios do have uh, low cash allocations as well. Ayako, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your perspective. Ayako Yoshioka is a senior portfolio consultant with Wealth Enhancement Group, joining us here on Daybreak Asia. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 